now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Linda Coulter Burge. Linda has had multiple NDEs due to her heart stopping multiple times over a six-week period, and today we're going to learn about it. Linda, thank you so much for being our guest and welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. This is uh, a blast from stepping out of my comfort zone and reaching out yesterday. It, this is great. I'm excited because I think there are people out there that need to hear more about this because I think there's a lot of people that don't talk about their own experiences. All right. If you don't mind, let's just start from the beginning and tell us what happened. For the the period of the NDEs, I actually had about a six-week period. Oh, things were not going well in my life. I had left a corporate job, opened a business right before 9-11, and the business really was um, completely <sighs> foo-foo, a spa. And so I went from being so busy that I had to hire four people who left their jobs to overnight hearing crickets. And my world imploded. And so not only was my business failing, uh, my marriage was failing. I felt like a failure. And um, I would literally drive into my office, my spa, Cry in the um, cry in the graveyard that was in between because who would think anything about a woman sitting in a graveyard crying? Get myself together and go into my work. That's the state of mind I was in, and I just I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't know what the out was, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. And at one point, I. In, in my sleep, I woke up and I've always been able to feel my heartbeat because I have an irregular rhythm in my heart. And I thought everybody could feel their heartbeat all the time. To me, that was normal. And I woke up and I realized I was conscious, but I my eyes weren't open. And the first thing I noticed was that my heart wasn't beating. And the things that went through my mind, there's this other observer in me that was watching this whole thing going, isn't it interesting that you're not freaking out right now? But my first thought was, oh, that's not good. My heart stopped. That was my first thought. And, but I'm still conscious. I'm, yeah, I'm still here. Am I just dreaming? You know, all of the thoughts of, I'm, I'm very analytical. So I was going through all of these thoughts of what can this be? And when I finally realized that my heart stopped, then it felt like I had been, I, I grew up in a farm and we had electric fences. And what it felt like is once I was stepping in water and hit that electric fence and it knocked me on my butt. And that's what it felt like. It was such a sharp, painful jolt in my heart. And I was awake. And I didn't say anything to anybody. I thought that was weird. Um, and just thought it was this weird anomaly with my heart. And it was fine. I don't know how many days later it happened again. And this time it was longer. And this time I literally felt like everything, I woke instantly when I felt everything in my body. If I were a house, all the electricity had been shut off. And I couldn't, and I, and I was able to analyze even more. It was like, okay, my heart's not pumping. Am I breathing? No, I'm not breathing. Well, then why am I still here? Can I move my legs? Can I move anything? No. And I'd been in that situation in the past and can talk about it or not. But 
I was in this awareness of my body, really intense awareness of my body. And it's like, well, in this space, you know, I can still understand that I have a consciousness that's separate from this body. How cool is that? And I'm, I'm back. And so the second time it was this awareness. And I don't think I've ever talked about like the steps of having these sessions of, of what was happening. So the second time it was this awareness that I'm just consciousness aware of my body being external from me. And there was no fear. There was curiosity. And a few days later, it happened again. This time, I was more than just consciousness experiencing my body. I was somewhere. And that somewhere was a black that was darker than any black that I could describe. It was void. It was just void of any light. It was void of anything. And yet it was everything. And my analytic mind was, well, this is interesting. You know, do I have a physical body here? No. Hmm. My body's back there. Where's here? And I, I just really started to understand that I was energy, that I was, I was in this void and I could feel this incoming love in this void. And I just, it was almost like I took a breath and it was just enough to sense it and zap, I was back. And I think my first word out of that was blank. (laughs) Starting with an F, I was just like, because I was, I was like, it's just there. What was that? And I felt robbed that I didn't know what that was. And I still wasn't scared. The next time it happened, I instantly went there, instantly went there and was instantly surrounded by love, like a love that was greater than anything I could put into words. And it was surrounding me and it was through me and I was a part of it and there was nothing wrong. And I just sat there and felt that overwhelming love and I could stay here that was my first thought that I had I could stay before I was exploring I said I don't know what this is but it's nice (laughs) it's a lot nicer than what I just left I could stay zap and I'm back and I'm wondering each time this happens, my experience is longer. Is my experience on earth longer? Am I spending more time, my body not breathing, my heart not stop, not working? Um, at this point, I've not told anyone. At this point, I'm really thinking this might be my way out. And... Um, days pass it happens again and this time when it happens again I'm just instantly surrounded in the love but I have this overwhelming knowing that all I have to do is go a little further and it will be over that's all I have to do I have to and something was stopping me and it was like well what's stopping me And I instantly had flashes of my parents burying their child and my husband waking up with somebody dead next to him and the trauma that would create. Uh, I can't do it. And again, zap. And each time the zap would happen and I'd come out, the further in the process the went, the more my heart actually hurt afterwards. Like it was a physical jolt to my body. My heart, my body hurt. When I came out of it. 
um, somewhere in this time, I had a checkup with my doctor and I didn't even mention it to him in the checkup, which I find amazing that I didn't say, oh, by the way, you know, through the whole checkup, my doctor's leaving and he turns around and does this little Columbo thing where he turns around and he goes, I have a feeling there's something you're not telling me. What are you not telling me? And well, I mean, my heart keeps stopping, but it always starts again. (laughs) That was my response. It always starts again. And it was just so nonchalant. And I'm, I'm thinking how odd that must sound to him Mm -hmm. that I'm so nonchalant about this. And, you know, he immediately turned around, started the diagnostic tests, had me explain what was happening. And I went through every test under the book for weeks. Showed I had an irregular heartbeat, which we already knew. Beyond that, nothing. We checked for um, epilepsy. We checked for seizures. We checked for having, you know, I can't remember what it's called, but where you wake up um, in your sleep and you're frozen. We, we did all of that. Nothing came out. Meanwhile, I'm still having them. And they're getting longer and longer. And I'm, I'm always having that push-pull conversation with myself. Do I stay or do I go? And then always the thing that brought me back was my husband and my parents, my family. It was never I had a mission on this life. It was nothing. There was, I was just surrounded by such love. Like it would accept me no matter what I chose. And one of the things that I really got clear when it was near to the end of these sessions was I, I didn't even feel like I had to be forgiven for anything. The love was so overpowering that whatever we do, I'm not saying go out and be a bad person. I don't know what happens if you're a really bad person. I hope that I have not been a very bad person, you know, as in that realm. I've not intentionally injured. Um, but there was just this, like, I thought I should have this, oh, all is forgiven. And it was just love. It was just love. And I kept thinking, oh, I should see, I should see my life. I should see where is everybody? <laughs> you know, I remember I was out there one time. I was like, where is everybody? And I really got, you got to go further to get everybody. And so I started calling this the waiting room. I was in the waiting room, making up my mind whether I wanted to go further or not. I wasn't allowed to go further until I made up that, made that decision. And so I never talked about it other than I had to admit it to my husband because I um, one time it was a couple minutes that I wasn't breathing and he, he couldn't sleep anymore because I would sit up when I would get shocked. I would sit up in bed and do this <gasps> gasp, scare the crap out of him. And yes, I was checked for sleep apnea, by the way. So um, that wasn't it either. So through this whole process, um, I just got more and more of a sense of the other, that there's more to this life than this life. And it was pulling me more and more there. But something kept bringing me back here. And it got to the point till one time when I had, I had decided to come back and I didn't just pop back. I didn't just pop back and it scared me. And I realized at that point when it scared me that I'd made my decision. You know, there was some part of me that I wanted to go back. There was still a little piece of me that said, yeah, but back is sucks. Life sucks right now. Are you sure that's what you want? Because it sucks. And you could just have it over. And that day, I was helping someone 
with um, her booth. She'd asked me last minute to help her with her booth at a metaphysical um, event. So I was just in the background. And I and my mind was kind of thinking about, you know, what do I want with my life? And do I want it? And then I got caught in the day and kind of ignored it. Near the end of the day, this little tiny woman walked up. Her name was Evelyn, which is my mom's name. My mom was very short. She reminded me very much of my mom, who was still alive at that time. She walked up and she got right in my space. I mean, I am talking inches from my breast, which is where her head was. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you're, you're in my space. <laughs> I literally pushed her back and she stepped forward again. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> could you back off? And she stepped forward again and she looked up. It means you want to know why your heart keeps stopping. And a complete stranger that kept staring at my heart. And um, sure. Yeah, I'm a little shocked at the moment. Um, Again, I'm, I'm, even though all things happen in my life, I'm still, still very analytical. And, uh, but at that point, I, you know, I, it's one of those drop the briefcase and stand and listen because um, this one walked up to me and knew there was something wrong with my heart. And so she said, you don't, you, you don't really want to be here. And you have the power not to be. Oh, and by the way, you need to decide because tonight's your last time. And I felt like my heart just dropped to the ground. Like there's no more playing around. I had to make the decision. And so I said, well, what do I do? And she said, if you really are serious, meet me after this. And so I went to her home. It was all boxed up. She was leaving. She just happened to be called to go there. And um, she talked with me for about an hour and a half until I convinced her that I wanted to be here. I had to convince her that I truly did. And in convincing her, I was convincing myself that I wanted to be here. And at that point, she did some I don't know how, what energy work she did. She laid me on the table, did some energy work. I um, was instantly out, instantly out. And I'm very careful who does energy work on me. Um, I just am. I've had some people with some wackadoodle energy that I really regretted working on me. And so for me to trust her to do that when I'd never even known her last name, it's pretty amazing for me. A couple hours had passed. She had worked on me for at least two hours. And when I came to, she says, okay, so I, I've, I've sealed that part. I, I've, I've, whatever I've, whatever she did, she really didn't explain that much of what she did, but she said, you're fine now. You've made your decision. We've, we've sealed that you're, and now what you do with the rest of your life is up to you. Oh, and by the way, you know that I, you, you've got a lot of old battle wounds from previous lives. You had a spear going through your side. That didn't kill you, but you did have a blade going through um, by your shoulder blade um, that I pulled out for you. It's probably been bothering you. And <laughs> I laughed because that was exactly where a rib just pops out and I had excruciating pain in that one spot that no one could ever figure out. And that stopped when she did that. So for me, it was like this indoctrination into a whole nother level of you can carry those wounds from past lives forward, which I found interesting that someone had the ability to check out with, you know, simply with their desire and their means. And, and 
and that there was this love waiting for us, waiting for all of us. And, and to me, it was all inclusive. There was no forgiveness. Everyone is welcome. That love is there for all of us. And when I came back, you know, my life still sucked. Everything was still painful. I was still having panic attacks about my business. I was still crying in the cemetery, except sometimes I would sit and talk instead, which was a first. And sometimes I would spend time listening to people more and getting out of my own stuff. And I started calling on support more. And I just would put my hands up and say, I need help. Can you help me? And it would show up. And so my connection here with people and my connection there really grew afterwards. And it wasn't like an overnight thing. It, it had to do with my trust in that and my making those attempts and making that effort to connect more. But my attitude changed afterwards. I was no longer a victim of my choices. I was no longer a victim of what happened. Um, there was this new sense in me that all of this, good, bad, otherwise, I played a part in making. And I remembered having conversations in my youth of things that I remembered from before that in my brash youth was like, well, of course, that's the way it is. You know, and, and then, of course, there's this. And I had memories of things, but I had blocked all of that so deeply that even though I'd had experiences my whole life, I had forgotten. And I think that's a lot of what's happening in this awakening is that people are, it's more like a remembering. People are remembering that we are not alone, that we're connected, that um, there are things that even if you, there's not a an event, you don't have to have an NDE to have a shift in consciousness. The shift in consciousness can come from wonderment and from remembering that we're not separate and we're more than this body in this life. And I think there's a lot of people who have lived in that sleep state that of separation that are now waking up, that are their lives are kind of being pulled apart. And sometimes that's what it takes to have that awakening. And when I'm really happy to see her, there are a lot of people like me who are who hid this my whole life, who are finally coming out and talking to people about it and sharing it and sharing that message to help bring that um, knowledge more to a forefront and make it more normal and acceptable for all of us, you know, very logical brained um, business oriented people. I hope that I can fill that gap in not, you know, I, I joke, I said, I speak business and I speak woo woo. You know, I, I can speak both now and own both now fully. And I hope that that gives people permission that whatever their life is, whatever they're doing, they can start integrating this into their lives. Thank you for sharing your experience with us, Linda. Were you contemplating ending your life before this all started? I don't think I was at a conscious level, and I don't think I would have had the nerve to end my life. I don't think that ending your life is a decision that is the easy way out. I don't think anyone who ever has actually gone there has done it without thinking a long time first. And quite honestly, I think I was too much of a chicken to do it. Um, and I had a lot of judgments around that. 
had a lot of judgments around um, suicide, which I no longer have. Um, but at that time in my life, I did. But I wanted out so badly. I just didn't want to be responsible for it. If I had gotten hit by a car, you know, could I have pulled out of a car in front of a semi at an unconscious level to check out? That would be a possibility. That would have been a self-sabotaging, self-fulfilling choice. Um, but no, I, I, as bad as it was, I was not at that point. So after you met with the woman, Evelyn, you didn't even have any more heart stoppage at all. None. It completely stopped. Um, I was a little nervous going to sleep that night for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, because at that point, it was no longer going to be a choice. Like the choice to go back was my choice. So I realized I didn't want to go back at this point. No more. I, I still have an irregular heartbeat. Um, I still feel my heart. Um, I still feel it sees when I get, you know, too much sugar. Or, you know, I look and I, I evaluate the reasons why it seizes. Um, but it, it has never stopped. All of that ended when I made that decision to be here now through all the crap to get to the other side. It's interesting because I would think maybe your heart started having all these problems due to stress, mm -hmm. but it appears that even after it stopped, all the stress was still there. So right. it doesn't seem to be due to the stress. Right. And my, and my heart, my irregular heartbeat, they picked up when I was, I think 13 so that was something that had always been there. Yes, I do think that stress had a huge part in the heart stopping because I don't think I would have been doing that had I not been stressed. I don't think it would have gone there. It was my desire to not be here that was so strong that um, it's like my heart was like, all right, here you go. Here's a, here's, here's a way. And I almost feel like it was this this collaborative effect, effect between my spirit, my soul, my body. But I don't think you were having, or were you, having conscious thoughts of, I don't want to be here anymore. Oh, I, I actually was. I was, mm. I mean, I, I would cry. I think more it was, I don't want this anymore. And, and, the this, you know, if it's fight, flight, or freeze, I was, I wanted to fly and I couldn't. Felt very trapped. And so the I don't want to be here anymore was, was really the call that I didn't want this happening in my life anymore. And I didn't know what to do about it. How did this experience change you? It, it took a while. It, it was a, a lot of sitting and contemplating of what happened. Um, meanwhile, my business is still tanking. I'm still financially devastated. Where by that point, we were going into um, probably having bankruptcy. Um, all due to my decision to leave corporate America and follow guidance that I had to leave my job. First time I'd actually consciously made that decision to leave my job to start something else. And it went down in flames. So I'll tell everybody, you know, if you have that awakening and you decide to step away, it doesn't always go right. And yet, even though through all that process, I look back and I said, I called on every bit of this. I called on every bit of this because I asked for whatever lesson I needed to learn. 
careful what you ask for. Yeah. And as I was having everything in my life pulled from me and, and shattering all the concepts of what I thought made me valuable, that was my lesson. Years before, I had a friend walking with me who turned around to me at a hike and said, Linda, you, you are constantly going after that next raise, that next promotion. You're constantly trying to impress people. When are you going to get that you're enough simply because you were born? And it did not hit me until I was standing in bankruptcy court after all of this had happened that all this devastation financially, all this removal of everything that, you know, I considered a success, that I had considered my value was stripped away and it was just me standing there with my devastated husband. And I heard those words. When are you going to get enough? Or when are you going to get it that you're enough simply because you were born? And it hit me. And it hit me hard. That was my lesson. And I had all these flashbacks through the, the years leading up to this and through my heart stopping and all of that. Just this, you know, you talk about the end of life. I'm standing there in the middle of this court having this flashback of the good and bad experiences of owning that business, of my life before, of my judgments about who I was. And it all stopped. It was like dead silence. Even, And it's like, I get it. I get it. All those things are external. They're superficial. They're not us. That love that I felt, that's us. And and us here, it's what we make it. But whatever happens externally, that's like being in the eye of the hurricane. All that stuff is external. What we are is, is this consciousness in this body. And it's enough. And everything else is just lessons. And so it really did change how I looked at life. I became much more grateful for everything. Every little thing in my life, I say thank you. And even though, you know, I get frustrated sometimes in an argument with my husband, when I sit down afterwards and I close my eyes, thank you. There's wisdom in this that I haven't gotten yet. You know, um, every frustration, thank you. There's wisdom in this I haven't gotten yet. Help me find the wisdom. Um, And I just go through micro moments of miracles is what I call them. And I naturally will see whatever, a butterfly, a flower, a smile on a person, a kind gesture. And through my day, I say thank you. And I think that changes. I, I think that can change our world, just being in that state. Do you still remember those experiences as clear today as the day they happened, or have they faded over time? They are as clear today as the day they happened. I still feel that pulse of like an echo of that shock that I felt and that love, like that is that whole feeling when I feel it, when I think about it and I, and I think of myself being there, it is just, it's right there again. I'm right there. So yeah, nothing has changed in it. Um, those memories are are absolutely just as clear today. Do you have any sense of time on how long your heart would be stopped for 
versus how long, you know, you were there in, in the waiting room. It's interesting you ask that. I tried to figure that out, that analytical part of me, especially as I was there longer. Um, the time that it was a couple minutes and my husband was literally on 911 because I was laying there without my heart beating. Um, he hung up when it when I shot up in the air. But um, that was a two-minute that he noticed. I don't know how long it was before he noticed um, that he couldn't get me awake for a couple minutes. Um, he couldn't, and he couldn't get a pulse for a couple minutes. Um, and he kind of panicked at first. So, um, but for me, it felt longer. Yeah. And I couldn't really put a time on it. It was like an echo of time for me. It's a hard thing to explain because it didn't feel like there was time over there. It wasn't the same. But I just would, would kind of try and track it in my mind how long I was there. And the longer I was at the beginning, I could get to, you know, at that, that longest one, I could, I got to about what I thought might have been 15, 20 minutes, but it was just kind of dissipating that, that reality of time as we have it was just sliding away. And I really got this sense that it just doesn't, it's not the same here. You're trying to, you're trying to put a round peg into a square hole. You know, it doesn't fit here. This, that's, that's not part of this. And there was just this, I got that sense very strong. Like that message was coming to me within all of the love, which is probably the only message other than love that I got was, was like this kind, it it doesn't work that way. So, so I don't know how long, I mean, it could have been a nanosecond. It could have been an eon and it would have all been the same. And that, that for me was an interesting thought because I really had never thought of that before. I never thought about, you know, how time would pass after we passed because my previous memories you know, of, of my past life and, and lives that I've had, it felt very linear and it felt, you know, I could, I could measure time, but this was different. This was like the in-between time, I, you know, and I just caught, I, to me, it was like the in-between. When you were over there and you got the information about if you go any further, you won't be able to come back. Was that just a knowingness or was a being communicating that to you? I felt very strong. It came as a knowingness and it felt like that knowingness was being injected into me. Like it was, it was a way of communicating with me. Um, It wasn't, I didn't like now I can hear, I, I get auditory. Um, words, concepts, I get visual, I, I, you know, I, I, I get sensory, I, all those things have opened up since then. But over there, that, that knowing, because I, it was like, I still, I, it, when I, when I felt that, it's like, where is this coming from? There's that part of me that was always analyzing, where is this coming from? Is this just my head? Is this, you know, and I think that's what was really interesting for me is I never left that part of me behind. I was still always analyzing everything. What is this void? Why can't I see anything? Why does it feel so dark? Why does it feel so full? Why is there, why do I, am I part of the energy? Is the energy surrounding me? All of those things were going through my head, but there was this tugging, this knowing that was there that, that, just kept getting clearer and clearer for me. And it did feel like it was external 
being brought to me um, like a breeze, like feeling that breeze coming in to my consciousness. When you were in the waiting room and it's totally black, even though it's totally black, do you still feel like you could see within the total blackness? Yeah, it was weird. It was, I mean, it, it was total, like I said, there was, it was so black. There was just, the black doesn't even describe it. And yet I was, it was like I could, so hard to describe. I remember thinking, I don't have eyes, but I can see. I don't have a body. So how can I have eyes? But there's nothing to see, but there's everything. Like, but it's all energy. Like, that's what I, this invisible energy was what I was seeing. Um, but there was nothing to see because it was pitch black. It, there was nothing visibly to see. Do you feel like that energy connected everything in the universe? Yes. Absolutely. It was, it was this, um, ever, it, you know, it was just this all encompassing everything. And it was, um, you know, people use the word matrix, people use everything. It, 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 it was consciousness. It was deliberate. It was pure energy. It was, like, I, I almost feel like the energy and the consciousness were one. And the more I was there, the more I was one with it. And that if I truly wanted to completely and utterly be one, all I had to do is step forward. That there was still enough, and that separation was my tug to this world. That was the that was the thing that was keeping me from just expanding into it is what I felt would happen. Like I would just expand and integrate into it and be the love. Do you meditate currently or at least even after your experience? And if so, could you ever meditate and try to project your consciousness back into that realm? So you're talking to a very ADD person. <laughs> I always have a very difficult time meditating unless I'm leading one, which I find interesting. Um, I have wanted to. I have wanted to get to that point. Um, the, I, I often get the feeling of that place but not the spatial surroundings of that place. But when I get it, it comes in these flashes when I'm doing something completely not meditating yet. I would consider active meditating, you know, walking, um, gardening, doing those things that, that suddenly I'm out of my head and I'm part of it. And there's this awareness that there's less of the, there's an awareness within me that there's less of the thinking going on now and that I'm just like part of it. It's like this little minor reminders that happen. And I, instead of analyzing it, I just feel it. You mentioned earlier that Evelyn said that you had been stabbed with a knife or something and a previous past life did you ever go get a past life regression and discover what happened so i had i had laughed because um i had as a child argued with my history teachers over and over again about battle strategies i thought that i got written up <laughs> in fifth grade by my history teacher because I kept arguing that Custard was an idiot and that Napoleon made a bad decision 
and anyone with any kind of um, experience would have seen that. And so I knew there was something there. I just didn't know what it was. Um, I had a series of about three weeks where I had dreams of planning battles and they were sequential and I would wake up exhausted. And each time, you know, there was this huge burden that I felt during these dreams of the people that were, I was sending to their death. Like I knew that I was sending soldiers to their death, but the, I would be saving lives in the end because um, it would end quickly. And I knew other people on the other side that were innocent were going to die, but fewer people would die. And, and that happened night after night and planning after planning. And I remember one time wondering, uh, it was kind of a parchment type paper. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't recent. Um, and I'd never seen some of the techniques or heard of any of the things that I was planning. Um, but I, at one point I said, I wonder what I look like. And I looked down and I had these huge, big, burly male hands. And at that point in my dream, I pulled back and it was just like this of like shock and pulled back and I never had the dreams again. So for me in that, that was me remembering because it was sequential. It was incredibly detailed. Um, And I was born remembering how I was murdered. So it wasn't a big jump for me that uh, I had remembered another life. Um, So I've tried doing past life regressions and I really have, I'm such a control freak. I resisted hypnosis. You have a podcast. Uh, You want to tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I am one of two main hosts on Third Eye Salon, 3RD. I, I always point I, (laughs) Third Eye Salon. And we have a podcast that's live every Saturday, usually nine and Pacific time. And we bring on guests and go a bit deeper, a bit longer. They're usually a couple hours long with usually at least four people involved, the guest and three others, where we discuss a topic more in depth. We discuss their experience and allow people to post questions that I will relay to the guest. Um, And it's really an exploration and a sharing of experiences. And our hope is that we provide something we didn't have. You know, I, I, we were experiencing all of this awakening through our lives. I had no one I could talk to during that time. I had no one to tell me I wasn't going out of my mind. Um, through each awakening I've had, I've had no one up until, you know, 10 years ago to even talk to about this. So um, my co-host Kat, who had this vision, um, and I really want to create a safe space for people to talk and explore what we are all experiencing and share their experiences in a safe place. It's really a tight-knit community. I welcome you to join anyone that wants to. Um, come in and see what it's like. We have a lot of um, videos from our past shows. We get silly. We get teary. I mean, we've had people where we've all bawled in the middle of it. Um, And I I just think it's a a really cool format that Kat has designed that allows us to explore really deeply different issues. And ask questions and let the audience ask questions. After this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chat with you. Are you open (laughs) to that? And if so, how should they reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, Love it. And 
In fact, if you just went to thirdeyesalon.com, you'll see both Kat and me on that um, site. I will have a site that's being created right now called Journey to Wisdom. It is not up right now, but my email is there um, or is available. And it's Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, at journeytowisdom.com. And I chose that because I believe that uh, everyone has a mission in life. And it really became clear to me that my mission is to help them fulfill theirs. That's what I came back with. And so you are welcome to reach out via email. You can reach out through the website. You can check out. Um, and we're also on Facebook. If you go to Third Eye Salon, there is a group that you can ask to join. And um, we just ask that you be respectful. And if you don't, you're out because that's our one rule. Play nice or get out. <laughs> All right. Well, before we finish up, Can you leave us with one last positive message? I would love to. We have um, a time now where we feel very separated and there's a lot of anxiety. And I hope people can take away that um, our separateness is an illusion. Even with that that person that um, or that group that made drive you nuts or, or give you anxiety, um, send love. Send love to them because you're really sending love to yourself. And have empathy for whatever they're going through that has made them make those decisions. And have empathy for yourself as well. Because the more we can remember that this is a play date that we're having and our real self is in that void, um, the easier your life gets. And even if the circumstances around you don't change, and that's a huge thing to remember, just because you have these, your circumstances may not immediately change. Sometimes they get worse before they get better. But remember that, that we are one that, Love is the answer. It really is. Um, And having grace when you walk through your life, remembering to have gratitude, remembering that none of us are perfect, including you. And that's okay because you're enough simply because you were born. Thank you for that message, Linda. And thank you for being our guest I really appreciate you and I wish you massive success in whatever you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it. This has been an absolute joy. Have a rest have a great rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.